That's right, yeah. Yeah, come on in. Take a seat, and and we will get going. Uh, John, you want to open us up in a word of prayer? Amen. All right. Your uh, verse for the week was uh, 2 Chronicles 7.16. And that's, For now have I chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And this morning we're going to talk about Solomon's temple, uh, the building of it, the preparation it, would, it took to get into it, uh, the pattern. Um, and the purpose for it. So if everybody could uh, turn to Second uh, Samuel, Second Samuel in, uh, chapter 7. Now at this time you have to remember that Israel, uh, the only means of them to have any fellowship with God is, is through the, uh, the, the Levites. And you had to go through the tabernacle. <clears throat> so that's all they've been dealing with, of, of how to do it, with the tabernacle. And uh, what we get to is David wanting, you know, in his heart, going, I, I, you know, this isn't right. You know, God should have a, a place, and we should have a place where we can all come at once and, uh, you know, deal with the Lord, <clears throat> come make our sacrifices. And you're not moving moving it from place to place. So uh, if you remember uh, way back, uh, man, I don't even know how far it was, but it was around uh, one of the lessons in the 30s talked about uh, the portable tabernacle. And, uh, and in Exodus 25, 8, it says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And that's what, that's, that's what David wanted. David just wanted to have a, a perfect place that he could have for all the people, because he's, you know, he's at, you know, technically he's the first king that God wanted. You know, he's the one that was a man after his own heart, and he just wanted a, a place for the Lord, a place for the people to come and to worship the way he's supposed to worship. So if you're in 2 Samuel, in, in chapter 7, we will start reading in verse 1. And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest around about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me in a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me in the house of cedar? 
Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people over Israel. And I was with whithensoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time that I command judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And here we go. We have, it's time of David, he's ruling and all that. And you got Nathan, you have the Lord. It's not that none of, no, it's not the Lord didn't want the place. The Lord thought it was a good idea too. But as we get that it just wasn't for David to do. But still, even though it wasn't for David to do, he prepared a lot of the things beforehand for Solomon to be able to build it. And, and when we're pr preparing, I mean, that's, that's a real pr uh, uh, practical application uh, is preparing. I mean, it's something that Christians don't do a lot nowadays. Uh, we should be pre preparing for everything, no matter what it is. And not only preparing, but praying. Praying about it. You know, we don't have to go to prophets to see if it's the word of the Lord or anything like that. We have immediate access through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, to do this. But David got the idea, right? He got the idea that, you know, the Lord should have a permanent place. You know, I, I'm... Here I am, I'm king, I have a place to sit, I have a place to be, and yet we're carrying, we're carrying our God around, you know, back and forth, either in a tabernacle or a tent. We, you know, you know he's got a, David's got a throne, and you've got to go through a curtain, you know, and not everybody could go through that curtain. So David was like, you know, he just needs a permanent place. He needs a permanent place. And this way the people can all come together, they can all worship together, Right? Everybody could worship together at the same place, same time, and they can make their sacrifices. And that's what David's thought was. That was, was what David wanted. And obviously that's what the Lord wanted because he allowed it. He just didn't allow David to do it. But the Lord gave him directions or a pattern on how to build it. Right? There's... It, the Lord says, hey, I'm all for this, but it has to be done a certain way. Just like salvation now. There's, there's no other way but Jesus Christ. You can't do it any other way. There's a certain way he wants it. There's a certain way for patterns to follow and to do it his way. So if you turn over to 1 Corinthians, or yeah, I'm sorry, 1 Chronicles, uh, 1 Chronicles 28. First Chronicles 28, and we will do uh, verses 11 and 12 and then 19. So verse, uh, verse 11 states, Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof, and of the treasures thereof, and in the upper cham 
chambers thereof, and the inner parlors thereof, and of the place of the mercy seat. And the pattern of all that he had by and the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, and of all the chambers round about, of the treasuries of the house of God, and of the treasuries of the dedicated things. Now if you skip down to uh, verse 19, All this, said David the Lord, made me understand in writing by his hand upon me even all the works of this pattern. So we give it... David flat out says, the Lord gave me this pattern. The Lord told me it's okay. And he gave me these things, and this is how it has to be done. And this is how, this, that's, that's the only way we can do it. You know, we have to follow what the Lord says if we want to meet with him. So David sets these up. He's got the pattern. You see he gives the blueprint to Solomon. And these... This is what David was doing, though. David was preparing this all along before he gave all this to Solomon. Uh, if you turn back to First Chronicles 22, First Chronicles 22 and verse 5, and David said, Solomon, my son, is younger, is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord, must be exceeding magnificent, or fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. And you see, this is, this is what he's doing. He's preparing. He wants to prepare this. He has it. He says, I got I to gotta do something. I know the Lord doesn't want me to do it, but I still, there's nothing that says I can't prepare it. There's nothing that says I can't. I can't do this, I can't do that. I can't get some things together beforehand. And pray that the Lord blesses it. And it becomes something that's, and that's how he saw it. He saw, this is our God. He's so wonderful. This has to mimic the best we can of who he is. And now we all know that later on after Solomon built it, it was. Right? People came from everywhere to see it. Everybody came everywhere to see Solomon and, and all these things and that he had and did. But he wanted a fame and of glory throughout all countries. But that's the question. If God told him, hey, I want it built here, I want it built like this, I want this and that, why didn't he let David build it? Why? Well, as we further down in the passage, First uh, Chronicles 22, and we'll pick up in verse 6. And it says, Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord, God of Israel. David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house unto the name of the Lord, my God. But the word of the Lord came saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly. And has made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth of my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee, who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies around about. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son. 
and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now here it is. He was a man of war. He was a blood. And, and it's, uh, you know, sometimes the way the Lord does things, is, it really isn't. His ways are not our ways. Here we have a man, it, it, he's called a man after God's own heart, and he says, nope, I can't allow you to do it. You know, Solomon, who was never called that, but David was, and he says, no, your son's got to build it because I'm going to give him rest. I'm going to give him all these things. You know, and that's the thing. He was, But David was preparing, but he did some things that he, you know, that God just said, hey, I can't allow you to touch it. Now, it's, it kind of, you know, you can kind of try to, Put it in your mind and, and try to figure out why and things like that. And sometimes you, you know, sometimes you come up with your own conclusions or things like that. But I mean, honestly, we just, uh, you know, sin is, you know, sin is sin. I don't know. God just leave it because it's it's the foreshadowing of everything to come. His kingdom's going to be set forever. By who? Who's going to sit on the throne? Jesus Christ. You know, and you get people out there now that that don't, I mean, just weird doctrines altogether. You know, people, you know, believe that, you know, it already happened. You know, Jesus, you know, Jesus already came. He's not coming again. Everything's set and done. And it's like, you know, but you look at these things and you go, none of this makes sense. He didn't sit on it physically. And that's what it says. It says Christ will sit there physically. One day he will sit there physically. So you have to put things in context and how they're meant. And these, though, are just, it is. It's a spiritual, spiritual for us, but it's a foreshadowing of what he will do in the amazement he did. And God put a lot of preparation. We talk about that, uh, David preparing, but God put a lot of preparation, you know, from the beginning of the world. You know, he, put, he set this stuff in motion. So if you're in your Bible, if you're trying to prepare your heart the way God wants you to, you can see these things. The Holy Spirit can show you these things and say, hey, it's, this, is, this is how God wants us to worship. This is how God wants us to do it. But see, you can see that he set it up like this from the get-go. There's certain things. And it's, it's, it's just proves the awesomeness of... Uh, God's, uh, you know, his mercy, his love, his truth. And it's just, uh, it truly is. And we're lucky to be a part of that New Testament, the New Covenant. But he wouldn't let David build it. Because David was a man of war. Now David was a man of war. He won, but he only won because of God. Right? I mean, that's the, that's the truth of it. But why? Why did he do this? And it's because God wanted, God's purpose was to win other nations, to show his strength through Israel, who he truly was. If we go to Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 6, In verse 32, 
Second Chronicles, Chronicles 6, verse 32. Moreover, concerning the stranger which is not of thy people Israel, but is come from a far country, for thy great namesake and thy mighty hand and thy stretched out arm, if they come and pray in this house, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calls for, to thee for, that all people of the earth may know the name, thy name, and fear thee, as doth thy people Israel, and may know that this house which I have built is called by thy name. And here we have, it's, it's, it's pretty clear and simple here. God didn't, if you wanted to know God, even though you weren't his people, he didn't throw you away. You had to go through the Jewish people. You had to, you know, come in, take on that, believe on God, do the works. But you had to become part of the Jewish nation, you know. I mean, it wouldn't make you fully, but he would. Why? Because that was his plan. He wanted everybody to know who he was. He wanted to know the strength. He wanted everything. He wanted to know, let people know everywhere of every nation who he was. He created you. He's the absolute truth. And to show his mercy, his grace, his power, his might. So it was possible. It was possible. Yeah, that's yes, sir. Even though you said what you just said, the Jews at that particular period of time did they consider God exclusive to them only? Yes, they would have been, but that's why you had to go through them because it was their traditions. They knew that they were the chosen people of God, so they didn't see everything in the future. They didn't see. Jesus Christ coming, dying, and everybody being grafted in and opening it up. So none of the Old Testament gave them a hint that the Gentiles should be pulled into this God that they, that they worship? No, because you had to, you, the way they would pull you in is you would have to go and do the works. You would have to make the sacrifice. You would have to become a proselyte. Okay. And, and then that, that's what it would be. And then you would... You know, because we, we see in the Bible, there's people, there's, uh, there's, um, we see the Jewish people, they have servants and things like that, and they take upon it and they become part of their family, and they do, they do the same thing. And they become, you know, and it is, and it's family. But yeah, it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's really hard to get into stuff like that and see it. Uh, because all, I mean, all I could really see is just the foreshadowing of how he's going to graft everything in and wants to put everybody in the same place. You know, it's he chose those, he chose the people because that's who they were. But you got to remember, right? I mean, Abraham wasn't Israel, but yeah, he is the beginning of the Jewish people. I mean, so. It goes in a little there. But you should, you should be able and you should want to prepare your heart for these things. And that's what it was. And God never turned away anybody that wanted to prepare your heart. But there were certain things you had to do. There was a, that's just the way he does it. He has an order. God is, he's order. 
just like now, you cannot be saved without Jesus Christ. You can't. If you don't understand that he's the one that paid for all your sins, I mean, and that's what blows my mind because it just, it really does because it's, it's not hard figuring out that you do wrong. It's not. But yet people will deny it and not do it. You know, and that's, and that's basically, you know, the temple. Hey, they understood we do wrong. Okay, but we have nothing that can fully take away sin. Right? So we need, you know, there's, Christ was the remission of sins, his blood. There was nothing like that there. So they had to have these in place and the steps to go through. I mean, and that's just something to think about. I mean, you should, uh, you'd speak it for myself. I mean, th those priests would be really busy with me. Because, I mean, you really get into the sacrifices. There were sacrifices uh, weekly, monthly, yearly. I mean, it was, it kept going and going and going. Um, there was no, there was really no end to it. Whereas now we got that option, we got that privilege to have God dwell in us, to be able to do these things. But, but back to this, like I said, David was making the preparations for the temple to be built. Even though he knew, even though God said, hey, you're a man of war, I can't have you build this, he still made the pre preparation. He had the blocks, he had blocks cut, he had wood, he had all, a lot of things. Um, if we go over to 1 Kings, First Kings 6, First Kings 6 and verse 7, and it says, And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone made ready before it was brought thither, so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool or iron heard in the house while it was in building. I mean, that's, so you pretty much have David prepared a lot of these things. And Solomon, you know, right, we, we read that earlier. David gave the blueprints to Solomon and said, now this is, this is how you got to put it together. Here, I got the pieces for you. God won't let me put it together, but you can. So here's the blueprint. These are how the pieces go. And that, to me, is amazing. And that's what we need to learn. That's the application we need to learn out of, out of that part is we need to prepare just because we're not called to it, just because we can't do it doesn't mean we can't help out in a situation. Doesn't mean we can't prepare for something. I mean we get it all the time, right? I mean some of the you know, and, and that's that's the beauty of this church. That's you know what I love about it is people are willing to step up and prepare for certain things. You have people that go over there when we have special events, rearrange the tables, the chairs, help out there. It's not their thing to, to do the whole thing, but they're, right? You're preparing. You're preparing for something. And the problem is, is, is we could prepare more. We should be preparing more to go out into our communities, into our neighborhoods, 
and say, hey, there's a, there's a Savior. And uh, I know I said it last week. I said it in Friday in Hope. And uh, I just can't get over that fact that this is, and, and I, I'm going to keep, I, something God's hit me with, I'm going to dwell on it. This is the only time you have to tell anybody about Christ. Here on earth, that's it. Once you're in heaven, it's, it, that's useless knowledge. You're there, you know. People in hell, they know. It's now that the difference can be made. It's now that God can work through you and through everybody else to get them to come. And like I said, it, and right, we're big on that. We're big on witnessing and we're doing that and we tell people. And uh, I know Don's not here, but I'll, I'll use him. Man, he's really good, man. He prepared... You know, he's always, he's always joking, go, yeah, no, I didn't, get to, I didn't get to lead that one to the Lord, you know. Somebody else got it. But he's always preparing. He's the one preparing their hearts, right? He's the one saying, God, you know, work through me. Give me this opportunity. And he's going out, and he's preparing these people. And they're coming to Christ. Why? Because he prepared the way. He prepared it. He went to tell them, and God said, okay, now I can soften their heart. And then when they got to a certain point, they talked to somebody else and just said, hey. And that's, that's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of it because God, God doesn't care if it was Don that prepared somebody's heart and somebody else led them to the Lord. Because he says, hey, both of you did it. Both of you did it. And he, you know, he rewards on that principle that you both did it. Why? Because you both listened to him. You both did what you were supposed to do at the time. But we see David just preparing these things, and I, and I truly do. I wish we could prepare more like that, our hearts and everything, to get the way it is. I mean, we meet, honestly, we, meet, we need more Daniels to prepare your heart. To just say, hey, I'm going to, nope, i got to prepare my heart. i got to go through this. I know it. And preparing your heart is not just saying it. It's doing it. It's following through. It's knowing. It's knowing that you're going, by saying you're going to prepare your heart, things are coming. Things are coming. That's just the way it is. It's going to happen. And you need to be ready for it. That's what preparing your heart is. Hey, I'm preparing. I'm ready. I know, Lord, it ain't going to be easy, but I know who you are. And that's, and that's what we got to think of. I mean, think of David here in this in this moment going, hey, you know, you know, I'm a man after God's own heart. You know, I, I love him. I love him so much and I can't build this. But you know what? I'm going to prepare for it. I'm going to do all I can to get it as much as I can. Um, okay, if we go to Second Chronicles, we're going to look at where it was built. Um, so Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 3. And we'll, and we'll read verse 1. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem and Mount Moriah where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebzewite. 
in uh, just a side, just a side note, um, if you read this, had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan, right there, if you start looking in and all that, it, right there, Palestine has no right to Jerusalem. Because you go through this Bible, David paid for it. There is no Palestine. It's, it's Israel's. David paid for it, clean and cut. But we see this is where it is. This is where they want it built, and this is where it is. Uh, now, if we turn over to uh, uh, 1 Kings 6, because God, like I said, God needs it, needed to be built a certain way where he wanted it, and that was just a fact. And it's amazing of how long it took to build, but he had to build it, and he had to build it in a certain place. So if you turn to 1 Kings 6, First Kings 6 and verse 38, and the Bible says, In the eleventh year in the month, Bull, which is the eighth month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof, and according to all the fashion of it, so was he seven years in building it. So it took seven years. Seven years to build this. That's, that's after David prepared certain things and gave the blueprints to Solomon. Seven years. And I can only think, I mean, what, what would have it took if... David didn't prepare. How long would it take? How long does it take us to do something when we don't prepare? But that's, that's, that's amazing. You know, seven years of the most magnificent thing you've ever seen. And it's built to worship God. It's built where God will eventually come down and sit. And that's just amazing to me. But more amazing is, the, uh, is where it was built, okay? Because we, we just talked about the threshing hold. But the temple was built on Mount Moriah. Right? We read that. What's the significance of uh, Mount Moriah? That's where Abraham was told to take Isaac. If we turn over to Genesis, uh, Genesis 22 Genesis 22 and verse 2. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which will I tell thee of. I mean, that's amazing, right? I mean, the preparation that God just, you know, God's like, I got it all set. I got it just, I just need people to listen to me. I need people to prepare their hearts. I need people to prepare. I need people to obey. I need people to listen. And when you do that, right, you can do wonderful things. I mean, wonder, God can use you like you wouldn't believe. But that's where we have the temple built. 
Now, the temple consisted of the three sections. It had the porch, right, the main part where you enter into the temple. Uh, it had the, a holy place, it was, which was uh, 30 feet wide, 60 feet long, 45 feet high. Uh, narrow windows to give light. When I hear the narrow windows to give light, I kind of picture... I don't know, I guess I've always pictured the ark like that, but the ark, like, kind of having these little narrow lights, and I think of, I don't know why, but I do, and I kind of think, like, that's how the lights would be on the temple, like the windows, just like little, just to get some in and, and get some air and all that stuff. But it's just, you know, something I think about. Uh, Ten golden candlesticks, twelve tables of showbread, incense, right, had the incense altar, uh, then you had the Holy of Holies, the inner part, no windows, 30 feet, uh, 30 feet cube, uh, overlaid with gold. The floor was raised, and it was reached by steps from the holy place. This is where God especially manifested his presence of his glory, right? That's, that's, that's what it was for. You would see the cloud. And uh, that's... Like, that's awesome, you know. And then you had the Ark of the Covenant, the two cherubims. Uh, you had the thick curtain. It was hung before the holiest of the holies, right? And that's, and that's where we are really lucky because we don't, you know, like I said, only the Levites could go. Only the high priest actually could go in there to go past that curtain. And, I mean, I mean, seriously, aren't you glad you don't have to go through that? I mean, you think about that. I mean, they had the high priest would tie ropes around themselves because they didn't know if they're, you know, because <laughs> they might drop dead because they might have done something. And think about that. You're, and they're going in to sacrifice for you. And if somebody dropped dead and they had to pull them out with a rope, I mean, that's, right? That, that was for everybody. What are you going to do now? Now you gotta, you know, you gotta wait. You gotta send somebody else in. You gotta make sure their hearts are prepared. You gotta make sure they're clean the right way. They've done the proper sacrifices before they've gone in. Because, like I said, the Old Testament is—it's all about sacrifices, sacrifices, sacrifices. Why? Because God wants to show you that no matter what you do, no matter what you sacrifice, it is not as good as His Son. It's—it's not—it's not the same. Because only that high priest could go in there. So only the high priest is seeing the cloud. Only the high priest knows what's going on. Nobody else has a relationship with them. You just got to take their word for it. But now, now you can have that relationship. Right? You can go home and have that relationship. You can have it right here. You can have it when you come to the altar. You can have it anywhere. If you need to cry to him, you can cry to him. You want to praise him, you can praise him. You want to just talk to him, you can just talk to him. I mean, and that's the amazing part about it. Because the pat you can see the pattern here, but where's the pattern now? The pattern now is in us. He put the pattern in us.
but it was it the way the curtain and everything was set up it was a symbol of God being pure and holy in our sinfulness I can't let sin walk through here I can't let this go this way um, turn over to Matthew real quick uh, Matthew 27. Matthew 27, and I want to look in verse uh, 51. I think 50, yep, 51. Um, and we're, we're here. This is Christ's crucifixion. It's his death. In Matthew 27, 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. You're talking about, right? Because we had, that's what it was for. We couldn't cross that barrier. We couldn't have that relationship. And when Christ died, ripped that veil right and tore it right down. We don't need high priest. We don't need to make these sacrifices to be able to go uh, just into the temple to bring a sacrifice. I mean, we can just, we have access. And we have great access to them. And uh, it's, like I said, it's, it's one of the best things you can ever have. That, that truly is our hope. Because we can have hope that we go to him. He's going to do what he says. If we're, that the lost world don't have that. You know, they'll say, well, I found hope. I can do this. I can do that. And, and then they just replace it with something else and they fail. And meanwhile, we can go, no, I have the Lord. I have the choice. Does it mean we make the right choice? No. But we have the choice. Which brings me into the last of it the purpose. What was the purpose of Solomon's temple? Well, we read it because God said, we read a little bit of it, and the purpose was to be, you know, an example to the world of who God was. Right? God wanted to reach all these nations, say, hey, look, this is who I am. You can have this big temple. He wanted to let people know that that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that, that's, a, that's a big thing. Most people don't realize that. Most people don't realize that the God we serve is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They don't want to put them together. You see it all the time. There's a lot of people walking out there saying they're Christians and want to get rid of the whole Jewish nation. Nothing, it doesn't matter. But without that Jewish nation, we wouldn't have the temple. We wouldn't know the purpose of what was to come. We wouldn't know how things were going to work out. But they want to, they want to get rid of them and replace them with, with the church. And that's, that's not how it is. And then there's a lot of people out there that don't even believe the church, you know. The church is not a building. It's you. Yeah, it is. yeah, you're right. 
You know, but you ever notice those same people that say the church is not a building will always throw out, well, where two or three are gathered. Yeah, well, how many do you think gather in a church? A lot more than your little apartment or house, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I get that, but church is a great experience. God wants us to experience. Yes, it's not. It's not something that he needs. It's not something that was... You know, it's something that was built by our hands, and, you know, we get that. But it's, it's a place where we come. We fellowship. We have joy. We have sorrow together. We praise together. And that was the whole reason why David, and now you can start to see why God would, or uh, David was really, truly a man after God's own heart. Because that's what he wanted, where everybody could come together. Everybody could, hey, we got this place. Let's go, you know, let's go sing some songs to God. Let's go worship. But the thing that made the temple different was there was no idols in it. They didn't build big gold cows or, you know, these big brass statues or anything like that. It was to worship the true God in heaven, to make the sacrifices next, uh, necessary. The purpose was to be a safer place for them to dwell. If you turn over to 2 Samuel... Second Samuel in chapter 7... Second Samuel chapter 7 and verse 10. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And again, a foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Christ will come sit there and those people will never be afflicted by anything again. They have their God right there. They can worship freely. It was a purpose to have established place to offer sacrifices for sin. Right? They needed a place to sacrifice. It was a purpose for God to demonstrate his glory. Right? Because, I mean, that's what it was. You saw the cloud. That was the glory it He's got over. He wanted people to know. He wanted a place to put his name and to provide a place for prayer. He wanted prayer. He wanted people to be able to, to do that, to lift up their to lift up their hands, to just pray, make those great sacrifices. And that's what it was. They needed, they needed that sacrifice, but they knew they could go there, they could sacrifice, and they could fall on their face, they could worship God. They knew that they'd be okay because they have the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the temple now has a different purpose. The temple now is 
is us. Right? It'll go back there for his people, but for, for us in the church, the spiritual application is us. It's us. Uh, if you turn over to John 4... Uh, John chapter 4 and verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now it is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And there we go. This is the purpose. We are the temple. We are the tabernacle now. God wanted that. That's, that's part of God's plan. He wants it this way. So what are we supposed to do? Well, we're supposed to do it the way he wants to do it. We have to come through Christ. We have to ask him what he wants. We have to prepare our hearts for whatever it may be. You know, he, he may want you to go in a mission field. He may want you to, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, and that's the thing. Everybody, Christians have this weird idea that to prepare your heart to do something for the Lord is you have to open a church. You have to go to a missions field. You have to do this. You have to do that. The only thing you have to do is accept Christ and have a relationship with him. It's the only thing he wants. He'll let you know what to do. And again, that's, like I said, that's, that's certain things. That's why you don't take out things and say, hey, you don't tell people to do something that's not clear in doctrine. It's not. You don't. You don't need to tell people that. Right? Because what is it about? It's about not letting your brother stumble, not letting your sister stumble in Christ. If it offends them, don't do it around them. But if, if God doesn't say it's sin, then... Don't worry about it. Unless you're making it sin, unless you're making it an idol, it doesn't matter. You know? You could use that with anything. You know? Uh, I used it with the guys in Hope, right? Is sleep bad? No. What if you sleep all the time? Well, then you're a sluggard. So, I mean, should you go out and tell people, oh, don't, you know, well, you should only get this amount of hours of sleep you don't know. Have that relationship required Christ so you know. That's what it's about. It's not knowing what Christ wants for the person over here or the person over there. It's about what Christ wants for you. That's what makes it. That's what, that's what makes the relationship special. Not going, well, i got to copy this guy, i got to copy that guy. Well, if I don't do this, then I don't know. I mean, am I really in your will, Lord? As long as you're praying, reading your Bible, and, and trying to live holy, you're in his will. Out there witnessing, you're in his will. Don't worry about it. He'll let you have it. If you turn over to Acts, and uh, it will be the last uh, passage we go to, Acts, Acts 17. Acts 17 and verse 24. God that made the world... And all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. 
No, that's, that's what it comes down to. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath in all things, and had made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and had determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. That's the plan. All nations. All nations. We're, we're, we're the ones that are made without hands. God made us. And he made us to have the relationship with him, to serve him. Because that's when we're truly happy. That's when we do. I mean, and we may complain about things certain certain times, but I mean, we gotta admit it, man. When you're when you're doing what God wants, you're not miserable. If you are, I I, I don't know. I don't know how to help you, but you, you're not. I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, so He wanted to, for all nations, and we read earlier and. Uh, what was it? First uh, Chronicles twenty-two five. What was he doing? He wanted a temple built to show all nations. I mean, it's kind of it's really nice the way everything just fits in, and you can see the pattern. The pattern of the Old Testament to the New Testament, the temple there, the temple with us, and you can find these. Why? Because God wants that. God wants that relationship. He wants you to know it's a spiritual relationship. And one day we get to meet him. And that'll be it. Uh, Father, I just thank you for the morning, Lord. Uh, I pray this was a blessing, Lord. I just pray you be with Pastor as he gives the message later. Pray that everybody comes in with uh, open hearts, Lord. And just um, anybody comes in lost, Lord, please. Please don't let them leave that way, Lord. Um, you're just a great, merciful guy, Lord. And we just uh, pray you come back soon to get us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.